You're listening to I Got That One. Presented by Tom and Yvonne. You know, I'm wondering if Shakespeare studies is actually code for everything. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. Although Bartel was not uh, the biggest contributor of the score this time around. Wasn't he? No, uh, but definitely uh, you get the sense that this is a man of culture who knows many things. Yes, indeed. Hey, everybody. And we finally have it. We've reached the end of the first round. Mm-hmm. Now we have the two best scoring losers. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be going to the second round, which means two things. Mm-hmm. One is that we'll see how teams that we were impressed with in the first go, if they're actually going to be able to keep it up or if they just were lucky with their first round. Yep. And secondly, uh, Fantasy University Challenge will return. Oh, yes, that's true. Then we get to put in some of our own points and pick our own team, right? Exactly. So uh, shout out to... Um, Anyone who is on Twitter actively, please do follow Fantasy University Challenge. Take part. It's a lot of fun. Yes, it is. There's a lot of banter to be involved in that. And yeah, it's just a great way to stay involved. And a nice way to root for different contestants as well. Absolutely. And it's it's a way to kind of, you know, show your appreciation, especially for players who might not necessarily score the most because, you know, Mm -hmm. you only have so many points to play around with. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is that's going to be a lot of fun, I guarantee it. Yep, and then just to note that next week we start to see the highest scoring losers. Indeed. And the four that we have right now are St. John's Cambridge, Emmanuel Cambridge, UCL and the Royal Northern College of Music. So the last three had a combined... Well, they each had a score of 135, mm-hmm. so we don't have a, don't need to do a tiebreaker or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, we didn't have to find out what weird scoring system is, was needed to separate these three teams. Yeah, because, yeah, that that's all the higher scorers. That... It's interesting that we have two Cambridge teams. Yes, St. John's and Emmanuel. Yeah, so um, it'll be interesting if they pair the two Cambridge teams together. That would be a very interesting I somehow battle. don't think that they... That, right? Yeah, you often don't really see um, intercollegial fights yeah. between Oxford and Cambridge uh, universities. Yeah, so it'll probably be St. John's versus UCL and then Emmanuel versus RNCM. Yeah, well, I know who I'll be rooting for out of uh, those four. Yeah, me too. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But for now, let's stay focused on this, uh, this week, current one. Yeah, yeah, so this week we saw Birmingham versus Sussex. Um, and on the Birmingham side, we had McParlin doing history and English. Yeah. Uh, Robinson uh, doing literature and culture. Bartel, the captain, doing a PhD in Shakespeare studies, which is really the first time I've ever heard of that. Mm-hmm. Um, really fascinating. And then Sajid doing medicine. So it was a real, yeah, leading heavily into literature and that kind of classical A lot of humanities, humanities exactly. And then uh, Sajid, obviously the only STEM um, major there, but definitely a very, very humanities heavy. And you could kind of see later on in the competition, they were kind of leaning on her a little bit. For oh. some of the science and maths. Yeah, yes. especially when it came to <laughs> linear, linear algebra. Yeah. Which can I just say, as someone who's kind of dabbling his feet back into STEM, kind of, right now, yeah. linear algebra is difficult no matter how deep you are into STEM stuff. Yeah, and I don't think studying medicine necessarily means you're good at linear algebra. Yeah, right? not necessarily. I mean, you know, how accurate do you need to know about your geometry or you know being able to do equations when, when you're, you're kind of sawing into someone's eyeball i mean i was gonna say sawing someone's leg off but yeah sure that works too all right and then on the sussex side we had glasgow doing an msc in climate change uh development policy mm-hmm. which is great really important uh, field now asri doing geography and international development uh khan white the captain doing medicine and then harcourt doing social anthropology 
And I have to say, they looked like uh, they just stumbled out of Woodstock 1960s. Yes, like some sort of folk uh, folk pop group. Yes, especially um, Asri and Harcourt. Mm. I mean, Harcourt was just doing his best Jesus impression. <laughs> he looks like that TikTok star who looks a lot like Jesus. Oh, I've not seen that one. Well, it's because you have better things to do with your time than I your do. TikTok, obviously. I, do. I mean, I, I have other things to do, like this podcast. Absolutely. Clearly. This is definitely far more important than what whatever it tells you could potentially be doing. Yeah, so I mean, uh, the Sussex team, I think um, the, the majors are all very interesting, very kind of new majors, new new fields. Yeah. And honestly, if they all uh, joined forces, I think they would be really good for um, environment policy. You know, because we have social anthropology, we've got climate change, you've got development, geography, you've got medicine. I mean, this is really kind of planetary health stuff they should all kind of work together yeah kind of like the captain planet of solving the climate crisis <laughs> yeah they, they need to form their own organization honestly. for sure for sure yeah. also before we launch into the episode itself we should point out that sussex have won a competition twice before mm-hmm. back during the bamba gascoigne years mm-hmm. and birmingham as far as i'm aware have not won a competition yet no however However, this is definitely not a year we're going to see Sussex win it again. Yes, this year is turning history on its head. Yeah. So let's just talk about the performances. And we have to address this very large, well-dressed elephant in the room. <laughs> okay. Um, this was, on paper, the worst performance of the BBC era for a student team on University Challenge. Mm, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Now... It has to be stressed. Uh, Paxman did kind of say it at the end mm. that teams get to the televised stage of the competition by beating other teams when yeah you know, because other teams right yeah there's 130 teams usually mm. to take part so it does take a lot of effort to get to this point yeah it's just like in I keep on making these kind of World Cup analogies but mm. you know it fits. Where, you know, you have the final teams and often there's a team where you go, well, why are they here? You know, they have no purpose. They're just going to be slaughtered by the actual big teams. Like, yes, but they still have to work hard to get to where they are right now. Mm-hmm. So that's important to remember that they didn't get here. They didn't just stumble onto here. Oh, no. So I think, honestly, it's just a case of they were not prepared for the type of questions that were being presented yeah, this time around. Yeah. And also, I think that Birmingham were either... Mm. extremely well prepared or exceedingly lucky that yeah. all of these questions really touched upon their knowledge base yeah and i think the confidence as well right because I oh, think sure. when you lose five points so early in the match when you have an opponent that are getting very very specific questions correct um that can really shake your confidence For i sure. think that that must have played a part with sussex yeah and we can't really talk about sussex's performance all that much because we just didn't get a chance to see him work very much yeah. mm-hmm. um and they did get a few buzzes in especially more so near the end mm-hmm. but unfortunately it wasn't quite going their way no unfortunately mm-hmm. and yeah it's just sometimes this happens yeah it happens i think you know it's it's normal um it doesn't mean anything but yeah i think it was a good shot anyway and uh hopefully next uh year it's a bit better for sussex yeah um Look, we've seen it with other teams. You know, Wilson last year yeah. completely fell apart. Mm. And we don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have a theory that having, uh, you know, Monkman mentioned to you before you start a game. <laughs> it's like, well, how are we ever going to compete with him? Yeah, and, and then, then we also have teams that perform really well in round one that 
completely lose team in round two. A la Manchester last year as well, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, and St. So, Andrews. And St. Andrews. So it could also be that this is a really, really strong team, but then they just had a poor performance now. But if they made it to the second round, if we got to see them maybe against a different team, it would be completely a different result. So we'd never know. Yeah, like I say, stuff happens. Um, we can't speculate. But at the very least, uh, it didn't look like they were necessarily heartbroken about it because yeah. this is all, you know... Fun and games. Fun and games, pretty much. <laughs> much as some um, people on Twitter like to ruin it for everyone else. It is just, you know, purely in the spirit of a good time. And I'm glad to see that they were still smiling at the end when yeah. they were to rolling. Now that's very important to know. And then, I mean, on the Birmingham side, obviously, they didn't really give Sussex a chance. Oh, like no, you said. it was ruthless, honestly. So Bartel Robinson uh, just dominating on the buzzer. Oh, yeah. With, I think, 11 questions answered altogether. Between them. It Starter was questions, I mean. phenomenal. Uh, so not only did they really impress me with very specific esoteric knowledge... Uh, but it was really fun to watch them work things out. And all members were pretty strong. So even though um, it was the middle two that were st- buzzing in on most of the starter questions, even McParlin and Sajid um, conferred. They you know, contributed a great deal towards a getting the correct answers. Yeah. And you know what it is? Bartel reminds me quite a lot of Gustavo Fring from Breaking Bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. He does. Even with the way he smiles and kind of places <laughs> his fingers together when he's answering or thinking about a question. Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't hurt with the kind of, you know, <laughs> psychological warfare you do on the opposing team. Yes, I mean, weren't we saying in the last series that, that teams should kind of just dress up in, in really intimidating clothes? Yeah, and... just throw a move against each other. Yeah. And hey, if you bear at least a passing resemblance to Giancarlo Esposito, you should absolutely use it. Yes, use that to your advantage. Why not? Of course, it's not just that. They were a phenomenal team, yeah. which were, you know, definitely knew their stuff, had a nice, well-rounded bit of um, mm. knowledge. Definitely a bit weak on the STEM stuff, mm-hmm. but they have until the second round to maybe, you know, work on that a little yeah. bit, I'm understandably. sure. Yeah, of course, understandably, but of course... Now they have feedback from a live televised performance that they can rewatch. Go, okay, so we need to maybe take some time to prepare these particular types of questions in the yeah. future. Mm-hmm. We can't rely on just one team member knowing all of this because <laughs> anything can happen. You could get confused. Yeah, I mean, I have to say it was. I mean, I know that Shakespeare questions are very common in University Challenge, but still, <laughs> it was just such pure serendipity that yeah. your captain, who does Shakespeare studies, A PhD in Shakespeare studies, indeed gets a bonus set entirely on the works of Shakespeare. Yeah. It's like, if he dropped any points at all, yeah. that would have been the most embarrassing thing. And there was even another bonus round where there was a Shakespeare-related answer as well. Yes, indeed. A macbeth one. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, I have to say that it wasn't just the ability to buzz and confer. Bartel was a very decisive yeah, captain. I thought so too. And he was really good at being able to tell if someone was almost about to get a question or, or just still scrambling in the dark and say, okay, we're going to pass. Yeah. You'll have chances down the line. And there was a f- there were a few moments where his teammates would give him answers and he would kind of decide between the different answers provided and make a decision. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really fun to watch. So I think there was a question that was a... Uh, a bonus question on Scandinavian countries and uh, Robinson offered either Norway or, or Denmark so Norwegian or Danish right and uh, he just made a call and said you know what it's probably Danish and it was and I thought that was really really cool yeah I would say uh, it just goes to show that having a team that works together well really is the make or break it because yeah. 
You can have fantastic individual team members, but if you don't have a cohesive unit while you're playing, then it kind of doesn't quite work. Yeah. Which is also what we saw last uh, season with uh, Sean Webb's team. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Where, you know, he was excellent as a team member, but as a captain, something mm. wasn't quite working. Yeah, he wasn't really communicating with the rest of the team that well. So yeah. I really, I think Bartel is a, quite an excellent captain, really. Um, and Birmingham um, as a whole, I'm really looking forward to seeing again. I bet that they could even make it as far as the quarterfinals. Um, but let's see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they didn't get the highest score of this season. So yeah, far. not yet. So you'd think that they would have. But in fact, that goes to Edinburgh with 270. But I mean, Edinburgh were a whole other league. That yeah. was truly a remarkable match to watch. Yeah, so only three teams have broken the 200 barrier. So Edinburgh 270, Birmingham 245 and Imperial with 210. So, I mean, they're in good company. Those are all very strong teams. So... Yeah. I guess the proof will be in the pudding. If we see them matched against Edinburgh or um, Imperial, we'll really see if they are as good as we think they are, or if it's just that they were lucky with how the questions fell at this particular time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then speaking of questions... Yes, I guess we should talk about some some questions. questions. So I will notice that uh, there was no question about English geography for once. (laughs) I think that they managed to capture this rampant um, (laughs) English geography nerd and... um, (laughs) They've either distracted them with little shiny they've toys. They've neutralized him. Yes, uh, they've been uh, subdued for now, <laughs> but there's no guarantee that they won't come back with a vengeance. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, uh, I quite like this question on um, descriptions in Spanish of animal species. That was really impressive seeing uh, uh, Birmingham work that out. Oh, yes, the that was the first picture round. Yeah. And I would say it was good that Bartel... You could tell that he was using some Spanish that he knew. Yeah. Considering that he's originally from San Antonio, you mm-hmm. would hope that he knew at least some Spanish. Yes. Because, I mean, yes, I know it's in Texas, but still, San Antonio, that's very obviously Spanish original. Yeah. You, and you should try your best to speak a lot. Yeah, and I'm sure a man of culture doing Shakespeare studies would have learned another language. Oh, he's absolutely a man of culture, of you could course. tell. <laughs> I also enjoyed the second picture round, which was stills of... The BFI list of movies you should see before you're 15. Yes, that was fascinating. And what I liked about that was that it was all non-English language first movies. So yeah. the first one was Your Name, which is a Japanese. wonderful anime. And then My Life as a Courgette. Which I really want to see now. I mm, mean, Like there was that other Netflix movie, uh, you know, I Lost My Body. Yes. Which is a dismembered hand kind of walking around. Kind of walking around. around and kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I find films like that really fascinating. And the last one is The Song of the Sea, which mm. I've not seen, so I don't know if it is in English, but it's an Irish movie. So mm-hmm. more of an international cinema actually yeah. attached to the BFI, which I think is very good. I think so too. And then there's also a bonus set on uh, Sarah Anderson comics. I have to say that... Um, so we met Sarah Anderson. Indeed. Yeah. She signed... Two books that I bought. I know, I Big Mushy Happy Lumps. We were two Big Mushy Happy Lumps that Absolutely. day. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I still have that picture uh, I took with her. Yeah. Lovely woman. And I was definitely fangirling ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. When he said that. And then, yeah, just hearing Paxman say, Happy Mushy Lump. Yeah. It's just... Ah, you really live for these moments, don't you? I, I do, I do. Um, I mean, not forgetting that time he went grrr and then we made a whole episode about that. I mean, how couldn't you? That is <laughs> the best thing to happen on the BBC in a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe a bit more sobering, but I think also it's another good thing, was they did a set about Irfan Khan, yeah. who sadly passed away last year. Mm-hmm. And 
I think it's good to show that they really are kind of diversifying the individuals that they are asking about because they're trying to push people to have a more worldly knowledge yeah and and i'm happy to see that there were fewer questions centered on britain and europe Mm. i mean i do understand it is a uk-based university challenge program but so many students who go to study in the uk are not british exactly in fact i think it's one of the most popular destinations for international students to study so it does make sense that the student body would be diverse and that um questions therefore and the knowledge that is tested on a show like this should also be pretty diverse of course but also even if you are a uk originating or european originated student it behooves you to know more than just you know your local sphere of knowledge so it was good to see that you know they are asking questions about people who are you know famous but ifan khan was huge yeah yeah but because he mainly played smaller side characters Mm. in uh hollywood movies jurassic world as well yeah he was the billionaire in jurassic world yeah Uh, yeah he always (laughs) was a wonderful addition to any uh movie he was in definitely and i guess another one which because i have to mention whenever there's a a history-esque um question I did like the one about uh, geographical regions of what used to be the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Oh, of course. Because, you know, it's, it's <laughs> just the stuff I'm into, you know. I don't need to really explain myself. Yeah, honestly, if you're listening to this and you're like, really? Tom likes history stuff at this point? <laughs> then either you've just started listening, in which case, hello, nice Welcome. to meet you. <laughs> but or, or if not, thank you. Thank you for being a long-suffering fan of this show. <laughs> and just blanking out whenever I mention anything history-related, which is probably... I certainly don't do that. Hmm. Well, shall we move into Stats Corner? I think we had a small kind of touch of uh, Stats Corner earlier, but yeah. now we're ready for a full-on submersion into the world of numbers and figures and percentages. So you'd think that Bartel um, scored the most starter questions, but in fact, it was Robinson who came in with the astounding six out of nine correct starters, Very followed good. by Bartel with five out of eight, mm-hmm. uh, Harcourt from Sussex, two out of four, and then McParlin and Sajid from Birmingham with one correct start. That, that really just shows it, right? Yeah. That uh, the only uh, Sussex team member, only one Sussex member appears in the top. Yeah, because they dropped a number of points. Um, Azri, for example, Khan White dropped something. So unfortunately, that was the case. Uh, Birmingham altogether 13 out of 20 starters which I thought it would have been higher but um, there you go but then bonuses 23 out of 39 uh, so 59% which I think is uh, it's on... not a blowing out of the water there but you know it's still all right solid. I think if a team has managed to get about 60% of the bonuses right that's on track for a decent performance yeah we've it's when they start getting 70% or so is when you go, oh, this is a really amazing yes, team. exactly. Which is actually not that far off from how uh, English universities uh, score um, degrees. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, if you're getting above 65%, you're doing pretty, pretty good in your degree program. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the Sussex side, 2 out of 12 starters, um, unfortunately 17%, bonuses 1 out of 6. Also 17%. Exactly 17%. With a rounding error. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, we shouldn't dwell on it because, look, it happens occasionally. And, you know, the best thing that uh, Sussex team can do is say, at least we were on TV and, you know, you are now going to be a trivia question, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was also great that um, both Robinson and Vatel have made it onto the highest scoring individuals. That's really good. Yeah, so uh, uh, let's see, out of the top 
six. There's already two people from Birmingham. And who's number one? So Hutchinson from Reading. Yes, he was just truly... And then you remember uh, Chan from St. John's, Cambridge. Yeah. Uh, he's number two. And then Thomas from Edinburgh. Indeed. Yeah, Thomas was one of the more quiet ones yeah. because... I think we were really taken by the captain because mm. of his wonderful luscious hair. But <laughs> Thomas was just there getting the exactly. stuff done. All right. Yeah. So I would say comparing that to what we've seen so far, I would say that's about the same as we've seen from a lot of teams getting that about number of starter questions correct yeah. and bonus questions correct. So yeah. I think it's going to be quite interesting in the second round because we have a lot of very evenly matched teams going in. Mm. There are very few which are, you know, real kind of killer ones to look out for. Mm. I think only Edinburgh were expecting to really just start, you know, carving yeah. a, a mess through uh, enemy teams. But Birmingham too. I mean, considering yeah. they haven't won the, this uh, game competition so far, it would be nice to, to see a win from, you know, not the usual. Indeed. University. They would be a nice Cinderella story. Kind of like how it was, I guess it was kind of nice that Warwick won last season. Yeah. Because it was the first win since 2007. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, enough of that, because, you know, you know why we're really here. Oh, yes. It's time to talk about the best dressed. And for the first time ever, it was difficult for this was... for the opposite reason. Normally, it's like, oh, everyone's kind of dressed the same. How does someone stand out here? We have a smorgasbord of amazing yes. dressing. Everyone here. looked fantastic. Almost everyone, I would say, dressed um, really, really well, really fantastic. It was a hard choice. Indeed, I but I think there's only one correct answer. There is one correct answer on the count of three. One, two, three. Hardcore. Oh my God. Now, please explain your hardcore choice. I mean, it was just divine. It was miraculous. I mean, everything came together. It told the story. I mean, from his hair to his outfit to his beard to the color of, you know, that kind of dark reddish brown copper color with the he had a necklace on as well, I think. It was amazing. Okay, we get it. You love Jesus. <laughs> yes, that's, now, that's why. I personally went for Azri because I thought that, um, you know, like as you were saying with Harcourt, you know, I think the ensemble was great. The scarf was a really inspired choice and mm. also I really enjoyed you know his uh, piercings so I thought were very nice yeah. the slight like work he did at the back as well yeah yeah. I think just in no. general just a very very handsome man who really knew how to kind of dress I think so stand out. yeah no no that's perfectly fair you know um, I, I would say special mention goes to Sajid oh absolutely no she also, looks fantastic she her. had a really really great um, ensemble going on really nice hairstyle as well and company everything worked very well and the eyeliner was very nicely done as well yeah yeah and then Khan White looked good with his nice uh, he had a nice shirt on yeah looking a little bit like your dad on vacation oh yes yeah well, I thought that was very well done mm-hmm like we were saying, everyone was very well dressed. Bartel was a very distinguished looking uh-huh. gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Robinson also was very smartly dressed. Yes. Arlen also, I think, really put in his efforts. Yeah, so, even Glasscott. I mean. Yes. And I remember we were watching it live, but first when they panned over to thought, okay, well, very clearly. And then we got a good close up look of Sussex. He went, oh, no. Uh, oh, I spoke too soon. Yeah, I spoke too soon. I mean, I think the best dressed team that we've seen um, this season. Best dressed since uh, Courtauld took part two seasons ago, Uh, for sure. High praise, high praise coming from I Got That One. I mean, I have to say, what I loved about Courtauld was that you had three more alternatively dressed individuals and then one was wearing a full-on suit. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just... A perfect kind of, uh, you know, the, the two types of people who go to an art school. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But All right. There we go. Thank you very much for listening. Um, this has been a fan, actually a very fun first round. Yeah. We only had 
you know, a couple of ones which were a bit less exciting than others. Yeah. Overall, every team, for the most part, was very closely matched. Only one full-on blowout. We've had, you know, some real comeback stories. We've had, you know, heartbreaks. We've really had it all. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to seeing what the best scoring losers is going to mm-hmm. show us. Mm-hmm. And we're, of course, really looking forward to the second round. Yes, and if you've got any thoughts or feedback that you'd like to share about the matches so far, our predictions, uh, please feel free to drop us uh, a message on our socials. We are on Instagram and Twitter, as I got that one. Are you going to drop us an email at igtopodcast at gmail.com? Indeed, if you have any thoughts, if you have any analysis, predictions, mm-hmm. if you think that uh, someone was robbed from best dressed please do let us know (laughs) yeah we look forward to hearing from you but until then it's goodbye from me and goodbye from me